Amen. I'm cognizant of the time. I believe the Lord's going to have his way in this house this morning. Amen. I'm looking to the book of Luke and the seventh chapter. The book of Luke and the seventh chapter. And we're going to read from the 36th verse. The word of the Lord says this. One of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. He went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. She knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house and brought an alabaster box of ointment. Stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. She kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet... He would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. He saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. He said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. He turned to the woman and said to Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loveth much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Oh, hallelujah. I want to read one verse of scripture from Isaiah chapter 52 and verse number 7. Isaiah chapter 52 In verse number 7, it simply says this, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them, him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning on the subject, The Beautiful Feet of the Body of Christ. The beautiful feet of the body of Christ. Could we lift our voice in prayer unto the Lord right now? Lord, I thank you for your goodness and I thank you for your presence that's in this place. I pray that your word will have free course. I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this house and cause your messenger to be anointed and to to have a a fervor and a compassion and and an anointing to speak the truth in love, Lord. Help your word, O God, to settle in our hearts. We give you praise for it, and we magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. There's a lot said in the scriptures concerning the body of Christ. 
And this, of course, is a term that if you have, if you have been near or around the church for a while, you're probably familiar with this. It's a reference to, to the church, the body of Jesus Christ. We know that we are, as human beings, created and we are comprised of body, soul, and spirit. We are comprised of body, which is very visible, tangible, physical. And then there is soul and spirit, which is invisible, which is intangible and something you can't just wrap your hand around. And of course, when, when someone passes away, there is great grief that comes when, when a loved one passes away. Even though their soul and their spirit have made an impact upon us in a unique way. And, and in many ways, that impact that they've made and that impartation of themselves, it stays with us. I have, I have the blessing of the written words of some of my forefathers who have gone on to be with the Lord. They put their words down on paper and, and passed them on to, to descending generations. What they were doing was they were, putting, they were putting their heart and their soul and their spirit down in written form so that when their body was no longer on this earth, that their their heart would be understood and would be felt and would, be, would, would have left a lasting impression. So you have this in your life. You have loved ones who you, you know they're not here physically. You cannot connect with them in a physical way. Their, their body is not with us. But they have, they have left a part of themselves in this world. There's an invisible part of them that... that, that is, is, is undeniable, and it's in you, it's in your thoughts, it's, in, it's wrapped up in the fabric of your life, and you can hear their words sometimes, and, and you can hear their voice. If you stopped right now and thought of their voice, you might not have heard it for years, but, but their voice still resonates in your memory because of the fact that they left such an indelible, intangible, invisible impression upon us. And so this is the way that it works, but there, there's no real way to get over that grief, that sadness of the physical body not actually being here. There's something about the body, the, the, the physical person of being here. We can reminisce, we can be sentimental, we can, we can think back, but, but there's something special about that person physically being present that is so special to us. And we understand about the Lord that the Lord did not have a a typical set of circumstances. When he died and was buried, he rose again from the dead. And he is the first fruits of the resurrection. And we thank God because we're going to rise from the dead with him. Oh, hallelujah. But, but this, this resurrection of Jesus Christ, he came to his disciples and showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Then he ascended on high. And once again, his body is, is taken away from the earth. Could you imagine how amazing it would have been to walk with the physical, present body of Jesus Christ? We've talked about what it must have been like to be with him when he said, Lazarus, come forth. What it must have been like. Brother Jib, I'm so glad to see you. This is a miracle sitting here on the front row. Brother Jib Subramanium. My Lord have mercy. 
bleeding on the brain just a couple of weeks ago, worshiping God on this Sunday morning. The Lord raised him up and touched him, and we thank God for that. Love you. Amen. And this, this amazing reality of being able to just be next to Jesus and be with him when he broke the loaves and the fishes and multiplied them to feed the, the thousands of people. And, and, and when, he, when, he, when he made clay of the spittle and placed it in the eyes of the blind man, just I could list so many miracles that, that it would have been amazing to be with him physically, presently, bodily. But now he's ascended on high. But he didn't just ascend on high. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. As the comforter, I will come to you. And so the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. They were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. What happened in that, in that setting and in that environment was the the invisible part of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, came down into this earth and filled the disciples with the Holy Ghost. 120 people were gathered in the upper room filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. 3,000 were added unto the church. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord poured out His Spirit, and though He was not here in His physical, present body, when He put His Spirit into His people, those people became His body. And so His body is very much on this earth. The physical, present body, hallelujah, of Jesus Christ is alive and well on this earth at work, even as we speak. And you say, I want to see it. What you need to do is understand if you've got the Holy Ghost in fire, and if you are baptized into that precious name, that you're a part of that body that I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're a part of that body that I'm talking about. And you don't have to look around for where the miracles will come from. The miracles flow through the body of Christ. And you don't have to go somewhere else to find out where there's going to be a word of encouragement or a word of peace that comes through the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are baptized into the body. We are a part of this body. And we need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus may not be walking this earth as that 33-year-old Nazarene man, but we need to understand that he is still very much at work in this earth through you and through me, through his body called the church. When somebody meets you, they need to be meeting Jesus. When somebody encounters you, they need to be encountering Jesus. When somebody shakes your hand, they're not shaking the hand of, of whatever your name was at the beginning of your life, but they're shaking the hand, hallelujah, of what your name is when you're born again of the water and of the Spirit of God. Oh, bless his holy name. So the body of Christ is a very real thing. I'm not just speaking metaphorically. This is not just an analogy. There are actual hands and actual feet. They're my hands and my feet and your hands and your feet. And you are to yield your 
body as instruments of righteousness to do the work of the Lord. It is your tongue that is to sing forth his praises. It is your word that's going to lift up that person whose head is hanging low. It's going to be your your sacrifice and your love and your mercy, hallelujah, and the grace that flows from you that was put in you by the Spirit of the living God. So this is a body of Christ. And, And the Apostle Paul said, I want you to understand, we are many members in particular, but we are one body. And, 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 we, and, and, and the challenge, you say, I'm not sure the church really has that kind of power. That's because the body gets so fragmented and it gets so divided up. But if you let the body be the body, hallelujah, if you let the body do what the body is supposed to do. The Apostle Paul said there are eyes in this body and there's ears in this body and there are feet in this body and there are hands in this body and there are eyes that have vision and that are visionary and there are ears that hear and perceive and are sensitive to the voice of Almighty God and there are hands that do the work of God and handle the things of the Lord and there are feet that go places and and transport this body where this body needs to go. And the Apostle Paul said, do not let the eye say to the ear, I have no need of thee. God forbid that the eye would ever say to the ear, I have no need of thee. And and I, I began to look at that and the Lord began to show me how guilty we are of saying that so often. And you might say, not I. I believe in unity. I believe in I believe in in, in being one with with my brother and my sister. I believe in loving and and being being in in, in fellowship with one another. But, But know what the scripture said. He said, the eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of you. And we are guilty of doing that and saying that. We often, through our actions and through our treatment, we we say, I have no need of you. Oh, I might have fellowship with you. But it's more than just fellowship with you. I need you. I need you in this body. I need your word of encouragement. I'm glad you're here this morning lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. I don't take that for granted. I need you today. I need your praise. I need your praise unto the Lord. I need you to magnify the Lord with me. I need us to exalt his name together. Bless his holy name. I I need you. The eye cannot look to the ear and say, I don't need you. The foot cannot look to the hand and say, I don't need you. We do need one another. And it's not just worshiping together. We need one another's encouragement. We need one another to lift each other up. So we cannot live a life where we are independent of each other, isolated from one another, to where we are somehow segmented off and segregated off and act like I don't have need of my brother and my sister. If you've got the same Holy Ghost I've got, I need you. If you're baptized into the same name I'm baptized into, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Oh, hallelujah. And, and, and we do different things, and the different parts of the body are capable of doing different things. If I were to walk from this platform to that back door, I probably wouldn't get a great big applause for that. I've done that before. Y'all have seen me do that before, and I probably wouldn't get a, just a great big applause for that. But if I were to stand on my hands and do it, 
might get a little attention. If I were to sign, if I were to sign the signature on the baby dedication certificates and just sign several at one time, I might not get a big hand clap of applause for that because that's not terribly uncommon. But if I used my foot to do it, ah, that might make it in under the under the YouTube viral section. I don't know, but. The fact is that the foot can do things that the hand can't do. And the hand can do things that the foot can't do. And so the foot cannot look to the hand and say, I don't need you. And there's not one person in this building that can look to another person and say that you are not important. Every single one of us, hallelujah, have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you're important in the eyes of God. God sees you and he appreciates you. And he, he brought you out for a purpose, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So, so we, we understand that the body operates like this. I want to pay close attention to the feet of the body of Christ. I'm preaching about the beautiful feet of the body of Christ. I want, to, I want to direct our attention there because the feet are unlike any other part of the body of Jesus Christ. The feet are as connected to the base element of this world more so than any other part of the body. It is a daily contact with the dust of the ground. The feet that land upon the earth that God created. They transport every other part of this glorious body of Jesus Christ. The eyes that have vision and the ears that have perceptivity and the mouth that speaks, hallelujah, under the unction of the Holy Ghost and the hand that applies itself to do something with its might and the arm that, that embraces and the legs even that, that take strides and, and so on. The body is complete and replete with so many particular meanings and, and offices and roles, but all of them, all of them are dependent upon the foundation provided by these feet that I'm talking about. And the scripture said, the prophet Isaiah said, and Paul would later say to the church at Rome in his recitation of Isaiah's word, he said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. How beautiful are the feet of them that publish good tidings. Good tidings of good. I like it. I like it that way. Good tidings of good. It's just good. Hallelujah. It's just good news that we're talking about. And I want you to know what we came here to do today. We didn't come here just to get together. We didn't come. There's a reason we're all in this building this morning. We came to be reminded about the good news. We came to publish good tidings. We came to preach the gospel of peace. We came to tell Zion, thy God reigneth. We came to let somebody know, I don't know how far you've fallen or how low in despair you are. The Lord can lift you up. The Lord. God reigns. And he said those are beautiful feet that do that. They're beautiful feet. They are beautiful feet. They, they take the gospel into places that we couldn't go by ourselves. The mouth would have nobody to speak to if the feet didn't take the mouth where it needed to go. And the eye wouldn't be able to, to perceive and to, to visualize all that it needs to do so if the feet were not carrying the whole body where the body needs to go. But it is imperative that that body have feet that have been beautified. And when I look at the word of the Lord and I begin to think about the, the feet of the body of Jesus Christ, 
What an amazing thing to walk with that man. His feet tread upon so many different surfaces. There were so many different areas that he traveled and he walked. His feet had stood in the synagogue and they had stood in leper colonies. His feet had stood in the temple and his feet had stood in the graveyards of Gadaree. His feet walked upon land that, that women with issues of blood would, 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 would brush across his feet as they reached for the hem of his garment. His feet walked into houses where, where a, a little girl lied dead and he raised her from the dead. He walked up to the tomb of Lazarus. His feet went into mountaintops and into valleys low. His feet went into desert places and his feet walked on water. His feet went and you couldn't get away from the body of Christ. The body of Christ would show up wherever you were. Even if, there, even if you had walled it off and locked every door and barred every door, the glorified body, the resurrected body rather, the ascended body, hallelujah, walked through the door and ministered to you. That's the way the body of Christ works. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that's how this body works. This body will go wherever the need is. We'll walk into the highways and into the byways. We'll find the halt, the lame, the blind, the broken, the battered, the bruised, the wounded, the stricken, the smitten, the afflicted, those who feel they have no hope, those who feel they can't face tomorrow. Come on, body. We've got to go where they are. Pardon me if I, you'll pardon me if I grieve a little bit today with people dying in our nation. 20 shot in El Paso, several shot overnight in Dayton, Ohio, just up the road. God help our nation. And it grieves me because I know that in this house is the healing for every hurt. I know that in this house is the balm for every brokenness. The gospel be hid. It is hid to them that are lost. Don't let it be hid because we put a bushel over the light that God put inside of our soul. We have to go wherever they may be, wherever they are. We have to find the broken. We have to find the lame. The Lord said, I was found of them that sought me not. That means he put himself in their path. That's why we have folks preaching in the prison. That's why we have folks preaching in nursing homes. That's why we have folks preaching at 2020, hallelujah, and reaching juveniles who have strayed off the path of life. We're going to go where they are, and we're going to bind up the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. And we're going to speak the truth of the living God. We're going to set at liberty them that are bruised. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he hath anointed all of us to preach the gospel to the poor. What allows the body to function as it should is that its feet are beautified. Jesus walks into this house of a Pharisee. And as he walks into the house of the Pharisee, he sits down to eat. The Pharisee desired him that he would come to his house. He wanted to have interaction with Jesus. And while Jesus is sitting there interacting, and I don't know where Jesus came from. I don't know if he had just traipsed out of a leper colony. I don't know if he had just walked out of the graveyard of the Gadarene. 
I don't know if he had just got done walking on water and his feet were wet. I don't know where Jesus had just come from. I don't know if he had just descended from the Mount of Transfiguration. All I know is that he had been somewhere. He had been healing somebody. Somebody's brokenness was being restored back to wholeness. and Somebody was being touched by the master. I don't know where he was, but on any given day. Listen, Jesus didn't even schedule his miracles. It's not like he said, all right, at 1 o'clock, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal this person. No, Jesus just walked. Jesus just walked. Listen, I, I, you say, how am I supposed to be used for God? Let me tell you how you're used of God. You just walk. You walk with him. You walk with him. You take your feet, firm them, plant them firm firmly on the ground and you walk with God you walk with him wherever he goes you walk with him ha ha hallelujah you know the battle of Jericho the battle of Jericho is a famed battle in the word of the Lord and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down the Bible says they fell down flat and the scripture we talk about how they shouted with a great shout and the walls fell down flat but before they shouted they walked. Before there was ever a loud shout, there was a consistent walk. And, and, and if you come in on Sunday with a, with a shout of praise, God bless you. But don't forget that if you really want the walls to come down, you got to walk with him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you shout. But you got to do a whole lot more walking than you do shouting to bring these walls down. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus was, just, Jesus was just walking. And he walks into the Pharisee's house, Simon, and he sits down to eat. And the Bible says there was a woman there behind him. She was a sinner. She was carrying and holding an alabaster box of ointment. And she was looking at the agenda. She was looking at the, the activities of the day. And she didn't know if this was going to be a, a good moment or not, she was waiting for just the right moment. Finally, she said, I can't contain it anymore. And she went directly to the feet of Jesus, and she was weeping. Tears were streaming down her face. And as she, as she wept, she wept so profusely that the water from her tears began to bathe the feet of the body of Jesus Christ. And she began to wash his feet with her tear. When was the last time you wept in his presence? You say, why would I weep in the presence? Of God? Isn't that kind of silly people crying? I've had people say that. Why are you crying? And that's what Simon the leper said. That's what, that's what the, this Pharisee said. He looked at this and he said, if Jesus were really a prophet, and that's just the devil talking. That's the way the devil talks. If you be the son of God, if, if you are who you say you are, you got to be careful those thoughts that try to enter your mind. If he's really God, if he's really good, if Jesus is who the preacher says he is, then why this or that? you got to understand, that's the enemy trying to, to influence your thinking instead of questioning him in that vein why don't you try calling unto him with a pure heart calling unto him with a humble heart calling unto him with a sincere prayer and then tell me if he's not real I've never seen an atheist come out of a sweet hour of prayer and feel like he doesn't exist people who walk out of a sweet hour of prayer walk out saying he's real I met him he spoke to me I heard his voice Pharisees over there saying if he was really a prophet, 
he would know who or what manner of woman this is. And he wouldn't let her touch his feet like that. That's inappropriate. If he were really a prophet. And Jesus is sitting there hearing Simon's thoughts. And he says to him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. Simon, you better watch out, man. God is love, but he's about to hammer you with love. Amen. I have somewhat to say unto thee. When I walked into your house, you didn't have any water to wash my feet. I just, came, I, I just came from healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind, unlocking the ears of the deaf. I just came from all parts of this, this countryside doing miracles. And my feet have been sullied by the traffic that I have walked in. But, but since I walked into your house, there was no water for my feet. There was no ointment to anoint my feet. You did not, you did not try. You didn't even ask. But from the time I walked into this place this woman has not ceased to weep tears over my feet she has not ceased to anoint my feet with ointment and to wash my feet drive the tears upon my feet with her hair he said she has not ceased to do it since I walked into this building and he explained to her to him to Simon he explained to him do you ever wonder why that is? Why some people worship more than others? Why some people just can't stop praising his name? Why some people just can't stop weeping? Why some people just can't stop pouring it out to him? And Simon said, why is that? He said, well, let me ask you. If, if somebody gave you 500 and you weren't able to pay it back, and he gave somebody else 50 and they weren't able to pay it back, and he forgave both debts, who do you think would be happiest? He said, well, I think probably the guy who owed him 500 because that'd be harder to come by than 50. He said, exactly. And there are some people who have been forgiven so much that they have to praise him according to the magnitude of how forgiving and how merciful and how gracious. You want me to tell you what beautifies the feet of the body of Jesus Christ? This is what beautifies the feet of the body of Christ. When somebody who has come from a far, long, far off land and has come from so deep and so dark a place and they arrive in his presence and he doesn't push them out, but he welcomes them in and he says, I've been waiting for you. Come on in. Enjoy the peace. Enjoy the love. Enjoy the joy. And they fall down at his feet and they weep tears over his feet and they praise him and they worship him. That's what beautifies the feet of the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know what beautifies the feet of the body of Christ? is when somebody knows he didn't have to do it, but he did. When somebody knows that he didn't have to love me, but he loves me. When somebody knows he didn't have to forgive me. See, some of you think God did have to forgive you. Some of you think that God did have to be merciful to you. Some of you are here as a favor to God this morning. Some of you are here fulfilling a, a religious obligation. All right, I'll go to church. Fine, I'll go to church. That's not the attitude to have. The attitude to have is, my goodness, I should be in hell right now. I literally should be in hell right now. I should be tormented by the flame right now. Do you understand that I don't deserve to be in his presence? Do you, do you 
realize I don't deserve to be able to lift my hands without wrath and doubting? Do you, do you know there's nothing holy about me? There's nothing righteous about me? Somebody can say, well, that's a man of God. No, 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 no. God is great and greatly to be praised. And he said, will you preach my word? And I said, Lord, if you'll let me, I'll preach your word. That's all that's going on here. God is good. We're not good. God is good. We're not holy. God is holy. And if there's any holiness in us, it came directly from the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to, I don't, we don't, we don't need any more plastic praise. We don't need any more plastic praise. We don't need any more robotic praise. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. God's not hearing it. You're just making noise. But if you will give him a heart full of praise, if you'll give him a praise from down deep in your soul, I want you to know it'll push through the cancer. It'll push through the diabetes. It'll push through the divorce. It'll push through the bankruptcy. It'll push through the depression. It'll push through the sorrow. It'll push through the grief. And it'll reach into the throne room of God. He hears the heart. I said he hears the heart. Hallelujah. I can, I can tell. I can tell when I'm not into it like I need to be. It'll be a casual thing. Oh, Lord, I love you. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. And I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just coming out like a vain repetition. But when I stop and consider, he brought me out of darkness. He brought me out of darkness. He lifted me up out of my pain. He lifted me up out of my despair. See, too many apostolic Pentecostal people have drifted away from the cross of Jesus Christ. We've drifted, ladies and gentlemen, from the fact that we are sinners. Once a sinner, far from Jesus, I was perishing with cold. Then the blessed Savior heard me when I cried. Now I'm living on the hallelujah side. My heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown. And low in the pit... Where my sins dragged me down, I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay. He tenderly brought me out to golden day. He brought me out. He brought me out. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. A song of his praise. Hallelujah. Here's what happens. Here's what happens if we're not careful, body of Christ. We'll go down into some deep, dark valleys. We'll go down into some leper colonies. We'll go down into some graveyards and broken areas. And while we're walking down into those places, we'll pick up the residue of false doctrines. We'll pick up the dust and the dirt of heresy. We'll pick up the debris of depression. We'll pick up, we'll pick up all the things that are connected to the place where we're ministering. And, we'll, and if you don't take time
to weep the tears of a forgiven soul then the feet of the body of Christ cease to be beautified. And you'll stop living for him, and you'll stop serving him, and you'll stop working for him, and you'll stop going where he calls you to go, and you'll stop caring about his work, and you'll stop caring about his ministry. But if you will beautify those feet with tears of he didn't have to do it, but he did. He lifted me. He brought me out. He saved my soul. When was the last time you got carried away? We and seeking God simply because he saved you simply because he raised you simply because or has it been so long or ha, and you know what I'm going to tell you three weeks can be a long time without prayer if you go a little while without concentrating upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living there will be a build up of grime and debris and dust from this world some of you walked into this place and you got Hollywood on your feet some of you walked into this place and you've got co-workers grudges on your feet some of you walked into this place and you've got religious tradition from some past experience hanging on your feet I'm telling you what you need to do is sit down at the feet of Jesus and let hot tears of repentance begin to flow again and let hot tears of gratitude and thanksgiving Lord I praise you Lord I thank you thank you for delivering me with a mighty hand thank you for picking me up out of the miry clay and if you don't know what that feels like this morning I want you to know it's the best feeling you can ever have to know that the mighty God of heaven reached way down and I'm going to tell you he'll reach way down I don't have to know how deep you have sunken I know that he'll reach way down he'll reach down into whatever dark hole you have fallen into and he'll lift you up come on somebody lift your hands to the Lord right now lift your hands to the Lord right now come on lift your hands to the Lord right now hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's stand right now in the presence of God. Come on, let's stand right now in the presence of God. Hallelujah. 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 You want to know why I'm here this morning? You want to know why I'm here this morning? I'm not just here to preach. I'm not just here to preach. I know you think that that's what I got to do. That's, that's, you got to understand. If it was just to fulfill some kind of obligation, I wouldn't be able to continue in it. It's, it's, it's too big a battle. To do ministry and not have your heart plugged into it. You know why I'm here this morning? Pastor Barrick, I'm here because I don't deserve to be here. And he allows me to be here. I'm here this morning because I should, I should, have, I should have fallen by the wayside a long time ago if the devil had had his way. Hallelujah. But he who is rich in mercy...
He whose love is everlasting. He whose, whose mercy endureth forever. He whose truth endureth to all generations. He saw fit to bring me out of darkness and place me into his marvelous light. Oh, come on, somebody. I wonder if there's somebody here. You know, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The scripture says there was a woman there which was a sinner. She was a, she was a sinner. And we think, oh, man, wouldn't that have been something if we'd have been in that room and she would have been a sinner. If, if that story were written about today, this is what it would say. Jesus was in the house and there was a Pharisee here, a Pharisee there, but then there was a sinner. And you know who he's talking about? All of us. There was a sinner who was sitting on that pew. There was a sinner, a person who had been a sinner was teaching that Sunday school class. A person who was a sinner was playing the guitar and the drums and the organ and the keyboard. There was one who was a sinner who was holding the microphone, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us can say of ourselves, such were some of us, but now we're washed. Now we're justified. Now we're sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb of God. If you have forgotten that you're a sinner without the blood of Jesus, if we were to just, I mean, I know I want to preach. You're king's kids. You're saints of the Most High God. You've got access to the glories and wisdom and power of God, and all of that's true. But you cannot appreciate that until you understand you don't deserve any of it. You and I. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, we're sinners. We're simply sinners. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I take it so for granted. I'm looking at 37,000 teenagers this week in St. Louis, Missouri, and they're magnifying the name of Jesus. And I'm looking at the world they're living in, and I'm looking at Brother Fleming and the generation they're living in, and I'm realizing the kind of generation they're having to stand up in. Hear what I'm telling you this morning. We ought to thank God for every opportunity we have to praise His holy name. I wonder if there's anybody here that would, would say, Lord, thank you for bringing me out. Thank you for bringing me out. Thank you for bringing me out. And if you need to be brought out, come on down right now in the name of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I believe you can forgive me of much. I want, here's what I want us to do right now. I want those who have been forgiven much, I want you to come forward and say, thanks, thanksgiving unto the Lord. Give thanksgiving unto the Lord. If you have been forgiven much, Come on, that's it. If you have been forgiven much, come on, bring that praise to God right now. Bring that praise to God right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, bring that praise to God right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I love you, Jesus. Come on, I need some folks to come down praising His name. Magnifying His name. Blessing His holy name. Hallelujah. Come on, he's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. He's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, blessed be your name, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. All across this house right now. All across this house right now. Just let that praise, let that praise go. Let that praise go. Let that praise go. Let that praise go. Hallelujah. And all I want you to praise him for. God of mercy, What I want you to praise him for is this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given me another chance. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given me an opportunity to magnify your name. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given me an opportunity to weep before you, to wash your feet with my tears. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, my whole life I place in your hands. God of mercy, humbled I bow down. In your presence at your throne, I call. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. He's washing them. He's washing you. He's cleansing you. He's purifying you. As you weep before His presence, He's purifying you. As you weep before His presence, He's cleansing you. (laughs) Yes, He is. He's cleansing you. He's cleansing you. He's purifying you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 